Welcome to the QI Chatroom. I'm your host, Kelly Bond. This podcast is brought to you by Redwood Community Health Coalition, or RCHC for short. We're a network of community health centers and a wellness education site throughout Marin, Napa, Sonoma, and Yolo counties. We formed in 1994 with a mission of improving access to and the quality of care provided for underserved and uninsured people. This podcast is all about quality improvement, or QI, in healthcare. We'll bring you speakers from our member health centers, outside health centers, county and federal agencies, healthcare plans, and more. Those speakers will discuss promising practices they've identified at health centers, the latest data on specific health topics, and engage in conversation with our live audience. We've been hosting these chat rooms since late 2018 and transitioned to the podcast format in the fall of 2019 to reach a greater range of listeners. We hope you'll join us as we share the latest in quality improvement with you. This episode features Health Center staff Michelle Hill and Ebony Bedekar. Michelle is the CQI coordinator at Long Valley Health Center in Laytonville, California. She was the patient-centered medical home project lead when Long Valley applied for certification in 2018 using the new 2017 Standards and Distinction Programs. Long Valley was the first health center in California to receive the distinction for behavioral health integration. Michelle will discuss the application and renewal process for the PCMH distinction for behavioral health integration. This distinction helps practices provide comprehensive whole-person care that acknowledges the behavioral health needs of the individual beyond the core requirements of NCQA PCMH recognition. Ebony is the QI Manager at Marin Community Clinics, or MCC, and joined in 2017. She is the PCMH manager for both annual reporting and transformation and works with other team members to ensure timely project completion. Ebony will talk about the annual reporting process of PCMH. MCC is still going through the transformation process, and so she will talk about the basic structure of how to provide evidence for the transformation process. Good morning, everyone. Um... Just thanks for being here today. I know a lot of crazy higher activities happened over the night, so uh, just hope for safety for your family and your patients. Um, so let's see. I wanted to just kind of give a high overview today about the PCMH Behavioral Health Integration Distinction. The NCQA website has all the resources and all the details for you to drill down to the information about these distinctions. So the behavioral health distinction um, was added when NCQA restructured their PCMH model um, in 2017. So when they were restructuring the 2017 standards, which um, changed a lot about what, how they were approaching PCMH to make it simpler for practices to apply. Um, it kind of got rid of the three levels so that now you just have the PCMH level. And it also changed from a three-year renewal process to a one-year renewal process. 
And one of the other things they did was add these um, distinctions. And so as Michelle had said, this, um, the behavioral health integration was to help acknowledge the work that clinics are doing to meet the behavioral health needs of patients beyond the core requirements. So you can apply for this distinction in three different ways. You can apply if you are applying to be a new PCMH with the 2017 standards, which is what Long Valley Health Center did. You can also apply for it during the time of your transformation. So if you're transforming from the 2011 or 2014 standards, then you can apply at that time. Or if you're already a PCMH, you can apply when you're doing your renewal. So those are kind of the three different ways that you can apply for it. Um, HRSA does cover the cost of the PCMH recognition. However, it does not cover the cost of the behavioral health integration. So it is a $500 initial fee, which covers all clinicians. And I believe that is for a site. I'm not positive if you have multiple sites since we didn't. But that initial renewal fee is $500. And then the annual renewal fee is $150. So why did Long Valley Health Center apply for this distinction? So we were brand new to PCMH. We were just learning about the 2017 standards. We had no concepts or understanding about anything that happened prior to this. So when we were downloading and reading all the documents, we thought, wow, well, we have a really strong behavioral health integration model at our health center. So to us, that meant that we had a fully staffed behavioral health team. We have two LCSWs, an ASW and a substance abuse counselor. We have a very robust, warm handoff um, in-house referral program. We offer telepsychiatry one day a week. We have a MAP program. Um, we have a very integrated school program. Uh, we use eClinical Works, and so our um, EHR is integrated so that medical and behavioral can see and share information. And our behavioral health team does a lot of in-house staff trainings. So to us, that's what we kind of felt like is the definition of behavioral health integration. And so when we looked at what NCQA was looking for, that's what they're looking for. So there are uh, four competencies for this distinction. Um, they are behavioral health workforce, um, which is your behavioral health teams, but also the different organizations that you might work with. Um, the second competency is information sharing, how you share information around your behavioral health patients' needs. The third competency is evidence-based care. And the fourth competency is measuring and monitoring. So this has to do with the different types of screenings that your clinics do, as well as kind of QI measures. So then you take the four competencies and they break down to um, 11 cri core criteria and seven elective criteria of which you only have to choose two. So since we were doing it this, the same time as our PCMH renewal and we were like, wow, we have 44 criteria and 25 elective, this seemed like, wow, this is going to be so much easier. And it was. So there's these 11 core criteria and two electives. And there's quite a bit of crossover where some of the criteria that are core or elective in the behavioral health distinction are also core elective in the main PCMA distinction. So um, there was the opportunity to do things that would uh, 
would be able to qualify for both. So that's kind of how we started with our strategy of like, how are we gonna actually meet this measure? So the first thing that we did was kind of looked at, do we have any things that are gonna be met by transfer credits? And do we have anything that's gonna be met by our PCMH um, uh, distinction? And so right off the bat, we had two core measures that we were allowed to do transfer credits for. And those are because we use ECW and they're BH13 and BH14, which are evidence-based decision support tools for mental health conditions and substance use disorders. So those are like kind of those freebies that you get. So we got the first two core. And then we look to see what was the crossover criteria. And so it turns out there's four core um, criteria and one elective that crossover with PCMH. And so um, kind of how that works. So for an example, under behavioral health workforce, if you have a behavioral health care manager, um, this is a two credit elective for PCMH. However, it is a core requirement for um, the distinction in behavioral health. So we went, okay, anything that is gonna be a core, we're gonna do, and we automatically got two elective points for PCMH for that. So there were several things that were crossover. One was the behavioral health care manager, um, also behavioral health referral relationships. Um, so our MOUs with some of the behavioral health, um, uh, we were working with Hub and Spoke and UCSF at the time. Um, also, depression screenings are one of those um, measures that are, is an elective in PCMH, but it's a core requirement for the BH distinction. Then several things that had to do with, oh, I'm sorry, that was actually core for both, depression screening and behavioral health screenings. Um, if you do other screenings like the DAS or PCLC or all these different screenings that our behavioral health teams do, those are core for the behavioral health distinction and an elective for PCMH. So after we um, kind of did that, we had already met six of the core measures out of the 11. So there were five left and we needed one more elective. So we kind of looked at all the different electives for the behavioral health distinction. Some of them around the MAP program, others around care plans. The one we chose and decided to do was behavioral health 08, which is integrated health record. And so we um, did a check-in for this and did a virtual review, which is also one of the new cool things about the 2017 standards. So we didn't have to upload any information and we did screen sharing with our reviewer and we were able to show um, a few patients that we had picked out that we could show their behavioral health visits, their medical visits, we showed the right chart panel, um, their problem list, their social histories. Um, we were able to show some referrals and a couple scanned in documents in um, patient docs. And so that satisfied our um, elective credit. And so the virtual review was great. So then the last pieces were um, what did not overlap. 
uh, BHO3 and BHO6, which are in the behavioral health workforce. This was just showing, do you have behavioral health clinics in your practice? So we had to upload the CVs for our LCSWs and um, some procedures that we did have to kind of refine around um, our warm handoff process and our brief intervention process. And we uploaded MOUs for the companies that we were working with at the time for telepsychiatry and MAT. So that was pretty easy, those two. Uh, next one that we did was BHO7. This one is kind of the bigger piece. It has to do with behavioral health referrals. And so um, this is also a big part of the annual renewal. So um, they wanted to see, you know, how are you doing your referrals? How are you tracking your referrals? How are you monitoring your referrals? And so um, we were doing all that with a spreadsheet, which was completely acceptable. So we uploaded a de-identified spreadsheet that was showing our tracking process for our in-house referrals as well as our telepsychiatry referrals. So we shared this or we discussed this at our second check-in and we did get a kickback on this one because we did not have a column in the referral spreadsheet that mentioned the date where we expected the follow-up to be complete. And so they really want to see that you are making sure that these um, referrals are being timely or followed up in a timely manner. And so uh, we took their advice and we, um, uh, you know, changed the spreadsheet and updated as they requested and then we re-uploaded it and it was accepted at our third check-in. And then the last two core items are in the measuring and monitoring section and so these had to do basically with BH15 um, was uh, care plans. It's all about care plans. So um, part of PCMH is doing care plans for your patients and we did express in PCMH that we were doing care plans for patients with depression screenings over 10. And so for BH15, we actually had to um, upload some of the care plans. You could probably do this with virtual review as well. Uh, but we de-identified those. We um, uploaded the information from PCMH that showed what we were looking for and how we define patients for care plans. And then um, we had some samples for both um, a pediatric patient and a few adult patients. And then the last one, BH17, is your QI measures. Uh, for PCMH, you are required to do one BH uh, measure, which we did for depression screening, but for the distinction, you do have to do two. So our behavioral health team wanted to look at no-show rates um, for their behavioral health patients. And so we did our whole second um, uh, measure on uh, the no-show rates for behavioral health visits and uh, we need to upload the QI worksheet which is the same as you upload for your regular PCMH. So that's what we did um, when we were working with our annual, I mean our reviewer, um, we were the second clinic that she worked with that had done the PCMH distinction so it's kind of new for her, it was new for us so we were talking through all of this and after we were um, received the recognition we found out we were the first in the state of California which is super exciting and last week I did sit in on the PCMH presentations that NCQA did and they said that as of today there are 280 clinics in the nation that have this distinction 
So I really encourage everyone to apply for it. It um, is very straightforward, especially if you have um, you know, a, a robust behavioral health team and you're doing these things in your clinic. And one of the things that they brought up last week that's really cool is let's say that you already applied or you've already done your transformation for the 2017 standards. Those things that you've already met are already in QPASS. So if you now sign up to do the behavioral health distinction, you automatically are gonna see these things that you have done. So anything that was auto transfer credit or any of the core or elective behavior, um, elective credits you did for PCMH are already gonna show up, which will literally be almost half of the work already. So that's pretty cool. Um, so I just wanna uh, briefly talk about the annual renewal and the path pass it over to Avani, who's going to also talk about annual renewal for PCMH. Um, so they do align your annual renewal with your PCMH. So if you do this, then ideally you're doing them both at the same time. Um, it is a $150 fee and there are um, four requirements. The annual renewal is a little different. Um, you're not always required to upload information. Sometimes you can actually attest by just answering a yes or no question or uh, a checklist or uh, maybe a numerator denominator. So the first thing they're looking for, basically what they're, they're looking for is they want to see that you are um, continuing to meet the behavioral health needs of your patients. And so the first thing they're looking for is referrals. And so they want to either see the spreadsheet or however you're doing the tracking, or you can enter a numerator denominator about the denominator is the number of behavioral health referrals you've had and the numerator is how many were actually scheduled. The next piece is they want to see that you're continuing to do either trainings or that you have behavioral health clinicians in the practice or you're continuing to do MAT. So there's three different things they're looking for and you only have to choose one. And I think you can just attest that you're still doing it. Um, and then the last two are behavioral health screenings and assessments. There's just a checklist of which ones you're doing. Um, are you doing ones for anxiety, alcohol use disorder, substance use disorder? You just check them off on the checklist. And then the last one is your QI measures. You do need to continue to have two and you do need to upload the QI worksheet. So that is kind of a, a high level of the behavioral health distinction. Now let's hear from Ebony about her work at MCC. So I just wanted to briefly go over the annual reporting and just some of the things we're doing for transformation. We um, do annual reporting in September every year for three of our sites. Um, they were uh, level three prior to the change in PCMH that happened in 2017, and two of our sites were level two. Um, so the ones that became level three prior to 2017, we were just able to roll them over and do annual reporting for them, and they were PCMH recognized. But our two sites that weren't level three, we have to undergo transformation for them um, all over to meet the 2017 onwards requirements. So basically for annual reporting every year, it's a lot of attestations and uploading data um, to just make sure we're still um, meeting the standards that we said that we would meet uh, when we got our recognition. 
the competencies that they want us to test for changed from last year to this year. Um, also from last year to this year, the supplemental information changed. So last year they wanted um, information on behavioral health. This year it was for social determinants of health. So it kind of depends on what they're trying to focus on and gather information on that they ask you to do attestations for different things. The process uh, last year was kind of uh, a little bit of a tricky one because I'd never gone through it before, but um, you just have to make sure that you put the reports together that they're asking for and you're able to collect information on the care coordination that you provide, um, how you do it, and you're able to upload the necessary information that they, that they want. So it wasn't that challenging of a process this year for attestation simply because we have the reports ready to go. Um, we had everything built. We just had to run it for a different reporting period. So the annual reporting has become a lot more straightforward. Um, it's, it's easy uh, compared to the transformation piece of it um, because it's just ensuring that you're um, continuously upkeeping the, the standards that PCMH wants. Um, now, for transformation, it's a little bit trickier. There are um, quite a few competencies that you have to meet. There's core competencies, and then there's um, credits that you, that you can achieve. So QPASS has made everything, uh, at least visually, uh, more obvious as to which competencies you've already met, which ones you've gotten auto credit for because you have a certain type of EHR, and which ones you still need to meet. The process for transformation is taking us a little bit longer, mainly because of COVID. We had to pause all the all of our work that we were doing to kind of shift priorities within the clinic and the organization. So now that we're kind of up and running with that again, um, we're gathering documentation. A lot of since three of our sites are already PCMH recognized, we don't have to put in the ground level up work to change our processes and policies to become PCMH recognized. Now it's more about just gathering the appropriate documentation, putting it in the format that they want, and then presenting it to PCMH. So we have, we got an extension until December to do that. It was, we were supposed to be done with transformation, or at least providing documentation for it by September, but it was um, a little tricky to do that. So we requested for an extension. And now we're working with a consultant to make sure we have everything in line for the recognition um, to happen for, for our two other sites. Here's a question from RCHC Program Manager, Michelle Versace. I was curious, um, Michelle, because you did such a great job um, really being efficient with your approach and targeting those overlap areas. How did you organize all of that? Did you have a table that you kind of entered in all the um, renewal versus the um, additional behavioral health integration measures? Yeah, I put a spreadsheet together that outlined each criteria, the credits, um, what actions were needed, who was responsible, and then um, being new to the process, the concept of the three check-ins was one thing that was kind of challenging. So a big part of the spreadsheet was also to kind of say, okay, what are we doing for the first check-in, the second check-in, and the third check-in? And then it, it was pretty clear in there which was core and which was elective. Thank you. Great job on that. And um, I was curious, Ivani, at Marin Community Clinics, you mentioned that you're working with a consultant. Um, is mm -hmm. that a local consultant? Uh, no, she it lives out in uh, Mississippi. We're, we've just been working remotely. Um, she's great. Her name is Linda. 
Um, I, I'd be happy to share her contact information if anyone's curious. Um, but it's been really helpful working with her because she's very experienced with CCMH and she's just trying to make sure everything falls in line with our check-ins and we haven't scheduled one yet, but we, we really need to, so for the transformation. Hello, this is Daniela from uh, Indian Health. I have a question for Michelle. Um, Michelle, did you, since you use ECW, did you guys uh, buy the, the package with the consultant from ECW to help you through this or did you do something else? Uh, we did not buy the package. We uh, did it on our own, um, but we did, there was a consultant, Amy Ham, that helped us do an initial evaluation uh, with us that helped us kind of decide like what, what were we already doing and we just had to work on getting the information together to report and what we really needed to do um, that we weren't doing yet. And so that was really helpful, but we really just used her at the very beginning of the process. I think it was about six hours of time or maybe six to 10 hours. And then we just kind of took it from there. A big thank you to today's presenter, participants, and our listeners. I'm your host, Kelly Bond, and we'll see you next time in the QI chat room.